Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Welcome to All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. On today's episode, data privacy is a full-time job at most federal agencies, but it'll only get busier in the age of AI. Here to talk about it is Kirsten Mankata. She's the chief privacy officer at the Office of Personnel Management. Quick programming note before we get started, this interview was recorded on January 25th, and we talk a bit about what was then Data Privacy Week. With that out of the way, here's my interview with Kirsten Mankata. Kirsten, I'll start off pretty uh, basically here. Uh, could you just give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself and your long career in federal service? What brought you here and, and your, your background? I'm Kirsten Mankata. I am here at OPM. I came uh, just at the end of September. I have a really long title. Executive Director for the Office of the Executive Secretariat, Privacy and Information Management. I think I got it all. But also the Chief Privacy Officer, et cetera. So, and you're right, it's been a long career in federal service. I have been working in federal service for over 30 years now. And specifically, I began working in privacy in 1990 before privacy or a career in privacy was really a thing. I was working as an attorney at the Department of Justice doing in information law. And I guess I had expressed an interest in privacy because there was at that point in time, you know, we're pre-internet, pre-computers. I mean, we literally there were electric typewriters, but there was one single attorney that was focused on privacy law and specifically the Privacy Act. And I had been on vacation. I came back from vacation. And because I guess I expressed an interest and they were like, you're it. And it's really kept my interest ever since. The majority of my career was at DOJ. I stayed there for 22 years. I became the first director of DOJ's Office of Privacy and Civil Liberties. I then went on to the Social Security Administration in 2012, where um, I was in their general counsel's office and was the executive director for privacy and disclosure. And then um, went to OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, where I became the the first privacy branch chief there and now have the pleasure to be here at OPM. All right. Thanks for bringing me up to speed. Uh, It sounds like you wear a number of hats in your current role at at OPM, but can you just give me a little bit of an understanding of the day-to-day and the things that you you oversee? Yes. So within my office is the executive secretariat, which, but we have records management, FOIA, Paperwork Reduction Act, and privacy. Okay. Got it. And I understand that it's not just uh, the work that you do over at OPM, but you're also uh, leading some efforts at the Federal Chief Privacy Council. Can you tell me a little bit about what goes on there? Yeah. And maybe it would help like to focus a little bit more on the work that, so the Federal Privacy Council is made up of senior agency officials for privacy and what privacy officers do. And what I do is the senior agency official for privacy or chief privacy officer here is really ensuring, it's a couple of things. It's ensuring compliance with applicable privacy requirements that are established in law and policy and, and really a set of fair information practice principles that form the basis of those laws and policies. We develop and evaluate privacy policy and we manage privacy risk in the agency. And at the heart of it, what we as federal privacy professionals really see our work being is about ensuring trust in government. 
preserving the trust of the people we serve through a set of fair these fair information practice principles that really govern how we handle information about people from the minute we bring it in or create it and throughout its life cycle. So it's, you know, about being transparent about our information policies and providing clear notice, involving the individual in the process of using their information and giving them choices where we can, only creating, collecting, using where we have authority, giving notice and collecting only the minimal and using only the minimal and disclosing only the minimal and making sure we have quality and integrity in the data and giving folks opportunity to correct it if it's wrong and and actually see what we have, the data we have about them, securing that data, of course, and being accountable for complying with the requirements. Um, So it's a broad spectrum of like really ensuring privacy compliance and managing privacy risk across the information lifecycle, which of course is super important because we can't do our business and government without having information, especially an agency like OPM, our information is about the workforce, right? We need, it's people. So we've got to have that information to do our job and we've got to be sure we're handling it correctly across the board. So Back to the Federal Privacy Council. The Federal Privacy Council, again, is made up of senior agency officials for privacy. It was established by executive order, as I'm sure you probably know, to really serve as the interagency forum for privacy professionals to improve government privacy practices by giving them a forum where they can better coordinate and collaborate on privacy issues, where you can exchange and develop best practices, and really collaboratively educate the federal workforce. They do this, of course, through a bunch of committees and work groups and communities of practice. And one of the key things also that the council is charged with doing in the executive order is coordinating with other executive branch interagency councils like the Chief Data Officers Council, the Chief Information Officers Council, etc. It is chaired by OMB. And in my former position as the Privacy Branch Chief at OMB, I was chair of the council. And although I'll be stepping down after tomorrow so that OMB can resume its leadership responsibilities, I'm really looking forward to working as a member of the council, especially on, you know, privacy workforce related issues given my new position here at OPM. Okay, got it. Well, it seems like it's a pretty vibrant community of folks looking at this work. When you bring up groups like the Chief Data Officers Council, their whole mission is really to look at all of that great data that agencies have and unlock more use from it. And it seems like from the privacy side of things, it's a separate mission, but an important mission to make sure that that data isn't used for you know uh, ill intent or, or that it's just it's not used for situations that was not intended under law. And so I'm wondering if you could maybe speak to that delicate balance between the privacy sides of things, but also a clear mandate for agencies to make better use of the data that they have. Absolutely. We have to have data to do our job. And of course, now that we have increased data capabilities, we can do, we can really extract more value from the data. But of course, we still have to comply with law and policy and be fair in our use. And again, like ensure that we maintain the public trust in how we're handling, especially personally identifiable information. I mean, the Chief Data Officers Council is a great example. Their goal is let's extract the value we can, right? But they have been fabulous partners. We really have worked closely with them. It's funny, people are worried that, oh, if we bring privacy and they're going to tell us we can't do something. 
And what we really try to strive is to say, well, yes, of course, if the law says you can't do something, you can't do something. But more often than not, it's not yes or no. It's here's how to do it in a way that is fair and that preserves privacy, but that still allows you to gain value and innovate while protecting the people that we're all here to serve. Speaking of all of this, I think it's just kind of worth noting that we do live in a day and an age where there is so much data about all of us out there. Case in point, I got a notice in the mail the other day that my dental insurance provider had a data breach and they had to notify me that my information was affected by it. And I think for most Americans, they have some version of that happen at least once. Given that unfortunate reality of just the times that we live in, how do you see the work given that uphill battle? Yeah, I think the field has really evolved. And indeed, we have government-wide policy guidance that instructs us really to move away from privacy governance as being simply a compliance check-the-box exercise and to move much more towards a strategic, comprehensive, continuous risk management approach to the program. And I think you're right, the constant evolving and increase in capabilities, tech and data, it necessitates that. So, and that's why really it is so important that chief data officers, the security officers, the statistical officials that have unique abilities to look at an aggregate data set and see how things could be re-identified, people could be re-identified. Privacy folks have to partner with all of those people, you know, to really, so that we can all together, like you said, manage this. Records management used to be this little tiny thing that managed paper, you know, which even then was big. But now it's just, as you said, with the tech and data capabilities, it's huge. And it requires all of these data related disciplines. In addition to the people that are in agencies that are actually using the data, right? Like we all have to work together and it has to be really everybody's business to some degree. Because unless we understand how our agency is using data, what they're doing with it, how they're doing it, what needs they have. That's the only way that we can really begin assessing and managing privacy risk. And speaking of kind of the technological evolution from paper to digital to so on and so forth, one thing that we've seen pretty recently is just this explosion of artificial intelligence outside of government and increasingly inside of government, given not just uh, challenges, but opportunities of AI. How do you see something like AI having an impact on the work of chief privacy officers in government? Yeah, the impact of AI on privacy and all information management work is huge. And it's obviously only going to get bigger um, because AI runs on data, right? Um, And just as in any other kind of application, we have to ensure that we are using and processing that data in a way that's fair and protects individuals' privacy. The recent executive order on safe, secure, and trustworthy AI, you know, clearly states that Americans' privacy has to be protected and that, you know, as the federal government, we will ensure that the collection use and the retention of data in AI is lawful, secure, and mitigates privacy risk. So our regular work of assessing how we as agencies collect and use information so that we can ensure compliance and manage risk with AI, it's just with tremendous new complexities that AI brings. But in a way, it's something that privacy professionals are kind of 
I don't know if used to, but have certainly experienced before. I mean, boons in tech and data capabilities have always historically brought more work for privacy professionals. You look back to the 70s when the Privacy Act came into being, that was, oh no, we're, you know, we're having, government's going to start using computers. That tech boon is what really caused, you know, the federal government to come up with the fair information practice principles that have formed the basis of every privacy framework law worldwide. And then, of course, when the internet came, it's not like a constant rise. I always say it's like we have a tech thing and we, you know, then it kind of levels off, then something else happens. Now with AI, we might be on a constant going straight up in terms of, you know, increased work and complexity. But it's it's really bringing that same philosophy and analysis to a new application or environment, but it's kept it like exciting and ever-changing and challenging. It sounds like what you're saying that this current AI age that we're entering or have already entered is a similar kind of inflection point to that e-gov, digital gov era of when Agencies started to become more computer savvy, making computers a a foundational element of how they do business. You see those things being similar type uh, inflection points for policy? Yeah, I mean, I think this has happened, you know, I don't know, like similar in terms of degree, AI might be more intense. I, I got that, I, I, that I don't know that I have the tech enough to compare as one more than, but I do think we've had periods in time where things happen and tech developments and data capabilities cause increased need for privacy. And I can finish that sentence with multiple different ways. You need more people working on it. You need more attention to it. You need to rethink how you're applying the principles and all of that. But it just is more of a focus. Obviously, AI is so new still, like there may be new things, there will be new things, but we just don't know yet even what they all are, right? And I think they, even the executive order realized that and said, look, agencies, you're going to be required to ensure that you have AI and other talent-related needs. And they specifically called out tech governance and privacy reflected in as you continue to strategically plan your workforce and that sort of things, because it's it's just going to keep evolving. But I do think that a lot of times the privacy stuff just kind of follows these changes in tech and data innovation. One other, I think, piece of what you do, which which it seems like there's so many pieces of things that you follow, is that Freedom of Information Act requests that come into OPM and, and the processing of those. What work is OPM doing to reduce its FOIA request wait times and streamline that processing? Yes. So in my executive director position here, I do also serve as OPM's chief FOIA officer. And our FOIA team, I just... I can't really take credit for any of this because things they did were before uh, my short tenure here of only a few months, but they've obtained a new case management system that increases efficiency and processing of requests, improves tracking, facilitates reporting, which allows for an overall more efficient and streamlined process. And again, I just can't take credit for it. We have a very wonderful FOIA manager and she's has her team has consistently reduced the backlog of requests for the last two years. So that is fabulous. And she's constantly looking for ways to improve our FOIA program. So very active in the FOIA community. Uh, And of course, we're talking at the tail end of Data Privacy Week. For some folks, uh, I'll admit I was one of them, uh, they might not be all too aware that it's Data Privacy Week. So just tell me a little bit about the whole reason why we're we're celebrating this and what's ultimately going on during this week. 
Yeah. So data privacy week is interesting. It really grew out of, um, I believe it was originally data privacy day and then the national cybersecurity Alliance, it became a whole week. And in federal agencies, we have really um, tried to leverage, and you'll see on the fpc.gov website agency, we have a special page devoted to um, data privacy week and highlight some of the things agencies have been doing. Um, but we really um, look at it as a way within agencies to promote the message of what data privacy is, that it's not just, you know, locking down the data. It's not just making sure it's kept confidential or increasing the security. It's really about this whole set of fair information practices that really build and develop and maintain trust in government. And so... For OPM, what we've done, we've had a lot of fun celebrating Data Privacy Week this year um, and really tried to use this as an opportunity to raise awareness because it really does, it's important that all agent, every agency employee that touches data has some awareness, right? So each day we've sent out a message to every OPM employee highlighting key information about privacy from roles and responsibilities to some of the tools we use to assess and manage privacy risk to some of the key aspects of federal privacy law and policy. And again, our goal has been to really highlight the full scope of what we mean by data privacy and also to kind of foster that coordination and collaboration. We hosted a open house one morning this week for our OPM colleagues to really get to know the privacy team and its work, to ask us questions. And the culmination of this whole week will be tomorrow. The Federal Privacy Council holds its annual Federal Privacy Summit, where privacy professionals across executive branch agencies come together for a full day of, you know, speaking events and breakout sessions and things like that. That sounds like it sums it up pretty nicely. I wanted to circle back to a point you made early in the conversation about this being a form of building trust in government, that privacy is, I think, a bedrock principle to that that idea. I did want to get your your thoughts, and I'd just be remiss to not bring up back in 2015, the OPM data breach. And that was, of course, a watershed moment. I think a lot of lessons learned from that, of course, precedes your time in this post. But just recognizing you know, that watershed moment and, and to bring it back to the idea of trust, how can OPM and, and other agencies like it really stress the trust side of things? Because it seems like you guys are constantly playing defense against a whole bunch of things going on. It's a good question. You're right. I wasn't here <laughs> in the more than eight years ago since that happened. And certainly since that happened, I mean, I think so many organizations across every industry, you know, it is just it's a phenomenon that obviously at the inception of my career didn't exist. Right. At least not like that. People might lose a paper or something, but, you know, it's it's certainly changed. So I think what is interesting is that we were talking, you and I, about the tech how it drives things. This is a clear example of how prior to the internet, did we even have CIOs, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and much less CISOs. And right now, the importance of the relationship between security and privacy professionals is key. Security is, of course, one of those fair information practice principles that requires that we establish, you know, administrative, technical, and physical safeguards to protect from PII, personally identifiable information from harm that could result from its unauthorized access, use, destruction, whatever. And it's 
absolutely imperative that privacy and security officials work closely together. Certainly, NIST has certainly the privacy and security controls are together now. They've been integrated. So it's really imperative that privacy and security officials work close together. And I'm really delighted to say that here at OPM, our privacy and security teams are very closely aligned and very in lockstep working together. And it, that's, a lo- that's a great thing. That was Kirsten Mankata. She's the chief privacy officer at the Office of Personnel Management. You can find more data coverage as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.